Welcome to the Proclaim podcast, where we sit down with missionary disciples and talk all things around sharing Jesus with others. Hello and welcome to the Proclaim podcast. I'm Eric Chow, the director of Proclaim, and I'm here with a couple of very good friends, uh, friends that I've known for almost two decades, actually even more than <clears throat> more than two decades. Uh, I have Michael Hall with Catholic Christian Outreach. Uh, director of many different things um, for our Archdiocese of Vancouver. An official job title. That's right, yeah. the official job title, <laughs> director of many things. But uh, he would be known here in our Archdiocese of Vancouver as the author of the Intentional Accompaniment book, which many of you have read and have uh, been uh, blessed by, and uh, I've, been, I've personally been blessed by. And I also have on my other side, uh, Mr. Eric Myatt. Uh, with Divine Renovation. Now, Eric and Michael and I, just as a disclaimer, we spent a lot of time working together as colleagues with Catholic Christian Outreach. Uh, now we find ourselves in different roles in ministry, and uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Our conversation today is on the topic of formation and how formation is really an, an important part of forming missionary disciples. But sometimes our understanding and our perception of formation can be a little bit narrow. Uh, it, could, it could really just be uh, thinking that formation is about consuming more knowledge, especially in, in the area of faith. And so we're going to break it open and have a, a conversation around some of our experiences of formation uh, to, for, that helped us become missionary disciples. Okay. So I'm going to throw it to Michael and uh, just you know, give, you, give you the floor. You know, what, what do you think about when, when the word formation comes, comes to mind? Crucial. Yeah. Like that's, put it in one word, like it's crucial for us as missionary disciples, as people who want to engage with others, who want to grow in ourselves. You know, I think you mentioned that like, we want to be holistic too. It's not just about, like we're going to talk about like reading some books and, and that sort of stuff that have been great, but the, it's that the development of the whole person because we're not we're not just on mission and we're not just trying to grow as you know a whole in holiness and as disciples we want to be a whole person and so when i think about formation it's like it's everything all the different elements of who we are trying to grow closer to the lord and being more and more ready to be at his service yeah and so many times we kind of leave formation in the the spiritual and obviously spiritual formation is so key um what I've learned a lot from the priests that we serve and, and meet with in Divine Renovation is that so many priests have excellent and, and important theological formation through their seminary formation, their, the books that they, they read, the accompaniment that they've been blessed with. And it's, and it's so critical and important, no doubt. But they, they feel and experience a lack of some of the human formation, the leadership formation, in the role that they've been given to um, like look after the, the parish. So they, they feel that tension when they're so excellently formed uh, theologically, pastorally through their seminary experience. But then when they hit the, the parish and so much leadership uh, skills, even practicals are, uh, they feel the, the lack I've heard them share. I wasn't equipped mm -hmm. for this. And so, um, Again, without dis discounting the importance of the spiritual formation, the, the human, the leadership formation in our missionary discipleship is is so key. But we don't actually have very op many opportunities to pursue those kind of formations, so we need to pursue them ourselves. Yeah, at the time of this recording, Eric, you hosted an event, a Divine Renovation event here in our Archdiocese of Vancouver, and you had 
a priest come up and share some of his experiences in in leadership and he said you know 30 plus years a priest and he he found himself not knowing how to form a team around him how to lead a meeting how to delegate uh, how to communicate well with uh, with the team and uh, and it, it just kind of highlighted exactly what you said that there's areas of formation that's necessary for us to do good work in any organization and much less the like the the church which mm-hmm. is you know we would say we have the most important job in the world it's it's the salvation of souls so uh, when it comes to some of that leadership development what are some of the experiences and 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 formative moments that you can think of uh, in your time as you've been in ministry over over almost two decades what are some of those experiences that you can recall that have been formative for you yeah i'm i'm not a natural reader like i don't relax by reading a great leadership book uh, I, I admit to even even a good spiritual book like i would limit my reading of spiritual uh books typically to you know part of my own personal prayer time and so i've over the years needed people to keep me accountable to formation to my personal spiritual growth and so um as you mentioned at the beginning like really blessed through our work with cco to have an expectation a culture of leadership spiritual formation and growth throughout our our time we we're always reading a book through our our internship program shout out to angel renier who was my internship um, coordinator she's one of the founders of cco and we read so much good content on spiritual growth leadership growth but i needed it i needed that accountability I needed like a deadline for when I was going to have to talk about these chapters because otherwise I, I would not um, read some of these great books that I've been so blessed to be exposed to over the years otherwise. Mm-hmm. Michael, you're an avid reader. I know that. And, uh, and books are, are part of just your, your everyday and, and you're, you're a learner. But what are some of the experiential elements of formation that you can, you can think about? I mean... Yeah, I, I do. I love to read. I wish I read more than I, I do. I, I, I need that accountability too, as much as I, I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, the experiential, I think it's the, it's that person sitting beside you. And when you're in the middle of, of doing something, whether it's like learning to pray, um, learning what a particular thing, learning how to, to be in ministry, learning how to lead a meeting, meeting with a person, whatever it is. And then that person just beside you, um, who, who can, who you can talk to about what it is that you're facing and, and not just in general principles, but somebody who's sitting there like so many times we'd be able you know, over the years in various different settings, be able to sit down with, with somebody who's just a little bit further ahead in the game, you mm-hmm. know, who, who can be as a mentor, whether it's somebody who's actually acting as a supervisor or just somebody you reach out to. Um, and they could just speak a word of wisdom into a, not just again, like general principles are good, but, you're living something in the moment. You need somebody to help you in that moment so that you can know what to do. You know, not just generally like, oh, you might approach a situation like this. Like, no, actually, I'm working on this thing, this problem with this person, whatever it is. And they say, okay, let's let's dive into that. Um, so having that person beside you is so critical. Yeah, that is like the perfect kind of trifecta of, of formation that I find over the years that you just articulated. You have good content that you can... Uh, read into that gives some practicals and also the the principles and theory of it Um, you have a situation in which you need to exercise and live out those principles like 
how to lead a meeting. You know, if I, if I don't have to lead a meeting tomorrow and I'm learning about leading a meeting today, I'm not going to actually absorb or be formed in a way that, that, uh, if I'm not trying to pray, you know, every day, then if I get a book about, um, how to pray better every day, it's not going to be as, as applicable. So there's like the good content. There's the situation through which you need to exercise that, but then there's like that accompaniment mentorship. Somebody who say, okay, this is what the book says, but what's been your experience of, of doing this? And how do I, how do I, um, enter more deeply into prayer? How do you do that? How do I lead this meeting in a way that's engaging and effective for um, my parish or for my small group or for my organization, you know? So those kind of uh, three um, principles or guys, three, three things that are present when trying to grapple with formation, I find is really effective in actually um, letting it integrate into what you're doing. And that's where the integration idea is so critical, like finding a way to take a principle that you're learning. Like when you read a book, usually there's lots of interesting stuff in there. Good, good ideas, good wisdom, even some of the like case studies. If you've got that sort of book, you can read that, but it still isn't your life. And then when somebody says, okay, now think about a situation in your life. What do you do now? How, what can I take from this? And you go, oh, now this actually seems relevant to my life, especially if it's not a, a topic you're particularly interested in, but you know, it's important. Again, like I would say for me, um, probably Eric seems the same, like the leadership stuff. Like I would not pick up a leadership book just for fun. Um, but then when you read it and it's, it's applicable to your, like what you're looking at that day or the next day, you know, you've got this meeting coming up or this, um, this thing you want to implement this new idea, mm -hmm. this new initiative. And it's all of a sudden that becomes like, okay, this is actually my real life. I need this. Um, and now you're way more engaged than just reading it for, fun i guess yeah I, I remember thinking um again in our time with with cco but it can apply to any group that you're doing you know a book study with or a formation group together but i remember knowing okay this principle or this uh practice is really integrated into our groups um not like uh, minds and hearts when we would make fun of it <laughs> so <laughs> right. when we started to joke about the principle or joke about the the uh, thing we were trying to integrate into, um, then we knew that it took and people like integrated. So I remember one time we were reading a book about um, uh, keeping true to your mission. So not get allowing distractions or other projects to infringe upon the direction that you're trying to take the organization or the parish or the, the group or your, your small group at church, whatever. It's like, get rid of distractions. And the example that the author gave, he led a church, is that he built a school next to the church. Nothing wrong with schools. Uh, I love the parochial school system in Vancouver. I wish there were Catholic schools where I come from out in Halifax, all those caveats. But for this author, the school became uh, a really serious detraction. He was under-resourced to be able to go towards his, his mission. So, but then for the next like four or five months, every time we were in a meeting and someone brought up something that someone thought was maybe a distraction or a divergence from our main mission, everybody would yell, school, that's a school, don't do that. <laughs> hey guys, what if we did this instead of this? That's a school, that is totally a school. So we knew that the formation had integrated into the minds and hearts in our case of the missionaries and our own lives too, because we made fun of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it's a way for us to see that there's some adherence that's happening, right? Yeah. And, it, and it, it calls forth a way of thinking about what we're discussing and, and and thinking through in a lighthearted manner, but there is truth behind it as well. So at the same time, people are thinking about the principle that, that was brought forward. That makes so much sense. 
Michael, I love what you said about having people come alongside you and mentor and accompany you. And we talk about accompaniment here in Proclaim quite often, and, and usually it's accompaniment to guide someone else on the way towards discipleship and then on the way towards missionary discipleship. But I, I'm realizing now that we don't talk much about some of the intentional um, bringing forth of another into uh, real life circumstances that can give them the formative experiences of leading uh, a particular part of ministry or leading others. Um, I'm going to share just an example that we do that we started here at, by way of an initiative in Proclaim. Uh, I've been able to help a number of parishes who have never run Alpha before run their Alphas. Uh, but what I what I do in terms of accompaniment and giving them a real practical experience is. I have them come to an Alpha weekend that I run for them and then uh, bring them into the whole experience of planning and scheduling and MCs and prayer ministry and, and such, and then give them the chance in their next Alpha to run it on their own. And what's been really neat um, in, in that experience has been for them to ask, to ask all of the questions that they have around the weekend, then have to run the weekend with having someone you know, by their side. So there's like an element of confidence, like, you know, I don't totally know what I'm doing, but someone else does. And so I can try to figure this out. And then to see them in the next round of Alpha run it completely independently with confidence and, uh, and, and with uh, the, the support that, that I've been able to give them or Proclaim has been able to give them. And, uh, and, it's, and it, it just helps give this sort of idea that we can multiply our efforts uh, mm. support each other and not just throw each other out into the deep and say, go figure it out. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of principles running around in my mind as you're saying that uh, one is like, just kind of describes the process that you just described of, you know, that first I'll do and you observe, yep. you know, so like the person you're leading, like I'll do it and, and you observe how I do it. And it's not just you sit in the back room and watch and hopefully you figure it out, but there's an intentionality and you walk someone through this is what I'm going to do. And now watch me do it. And now hmm. let's debrief afterwards. And then you can see what I did. Yeah. And then let's second is step is do it together. Yeah. Like let's do this together. So now you share the responsibility of this thing. That's still not just on this person. You're trying to in the end, delegate this initiative task, responsibility, whatever it is. Um, you do it together. And then the third step is now you do it and I'll observe. Yeah. And so now I'm the guy at the back of the room watching and giving feedback, but you're in charge. Yep. And then at that point, you know that that person's ready to take it on. And now you can translate that into your business, you know, and how you like bring on a new staff member. You can, you can take that into ministry. You can take that into how you raise your kids. Like it's just like a basic principle of making sure that you're accompanying people through whatever it is they're doing in life and making sure that they feel like it's been transitioned well to them. I love that principle, the way you said it uh, there, I do, you watch, but the watching isn't unintentional. Yeah, it's not passive. Because exactly. So you could easily, um, you know, ask someone to take on a new type of leadership who has been present at an event, say. Um, but the way you watch is critical in that, that leadership step. So you're watching with the intent of doing it yourself. So that's a totally different frame for the person that you're trying to invite into greater leadership. So, so say in a meeting, you, you want someone else to lead the meeting, uh, the, the following week, but if you key them up to say, watch how I lead this meeting, yeah. you've been in the meeting, but watch how I lead this meeting. And the mindset of the person shifts. It says, Oh, I could do that. Like, 
okay, I'm not sure how I'd handle this section, but okay, I could do that. You know, like, so you observe in a, in a different way. So, so I love that. Yeah. You, 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 I do, you watch, I do, you help, you do, I watch or help. So I love that. Yeah. And the intentionality is key, right? Like that, like you said, yeah. you have to have told that person ahead. It's not just you were in the crowd at the alpha and so now you've watched and now I can let you do mm -hmm. it and I'll be, no, not really. That person participated in the alpha, but they didn't, they weren't necessarily watching it with the lens of, I have to lead this soon. You know, so you have to have had that conversation ahead of time to say, so I'm going to be interested or I would like to entrust this to you. Do you want that? Okay. If you do, then here's the process I want to go through with you. Yeah. Uh, and that way then they're, like you said, they're keyed up and ready to go. And they're watching with intentionality. You're doing it with intentionality and then debriefing it afterwards. Um, and anytime that has been the experience of, of formation, that's when, that's when I get it. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, that's when I feel ready then to be able to step in. So yeah, I guess we're talking about formation um, in terms of how we might form others. Um, but also what's come to mind for me is this is how I like to be formed. Yeah. You know, so this is maybe the way we could lead up in situations in our parish or a job or a work we could actually share with, with our supervisor. Like, I would really like to grow in this area, but I need your help. Don't throw me into the deep end. I would like to watch you with the intention of me doing something and you helping me do it because uh, I want to grow in this area. Yeah. And this is why books have a part in formation and that it can help signal areas and, and ways of seeing things and, and learning, like learning things. And then having someone like a coach, which Divine Renovation and CCO actually offers to parishes and to pastors, they, they put what you just read into practice. Mm. And I'm going to key in on one word that you said, Michael, you said in trust. And you reminded me of uh, 2 Timothy 2.2, which I think is a big part of the intentional accompaniment framework and what you've heard from me uh, through many witnesses and trust to faithful others who will have the ability to teach others or faithful people who have the ability to teach others. Mm -hmm. And that word in trust is an instruction that, that's been given to Timothy. And, he's, and, he's, and he, Paul is saying, entrust to faithful people who will have the ability to, uh, to teach others. So the entrustment is to those who, who, doesn't, who do not already have something, but you're entrusting them and then saying, I'm going to help you, you know, form them. So uh, I think some of our experiences in formation is uh, going into things that we've never done before, and, uh, but at the same time knowing that we may not have all of what it takes to do it, uh, and that doing the thing itself is part of the formation process. Like you're developing the skills as you're doing it. But, you ha but to have someone entrust it to you and know that they've intentionally said, I want you to, like, let's say in, in, in a parish context, I go to someone and I say, I'm, I, I want to entrust to you our CIA. And you're going to watch me do it for a year. And then I'm going to watch you do it for a year. And then I'm going to send you out to do it. Like that to me is sounds way more exciting and um, and and impactful than the the version that a lot of our parishes and I'm not just saying it's RCA I'm just saying it's you know it's a general like experience where someone steps out of a ministry someone comes in and there's like n no no support <laughs> like no intentional entrustment it's like mm -hmm. you're in you're out <laughs> or you're out and now you're in yeah and I think that often comes with the a feeling there's like there's a scarcity of resources sure it's like okay shoot we don't have somebody to do this thing now well, well you've been there before can you take it and run with it and in a pinch that's what we have to do but if we can if we can be 
forward thinking and be able to say, okay, I would like this person to be able to take over and start that a slow process and have talked to them ahead yeah. of time and all that, then, yeah, I mean, it, it makes it easier to say yes, too, because it's one thing to be asked to just, can you take this? And then you feel like you kind of got thrown into the deep end versus I would like to enter into the shallow end of the pool with you and start walking with you towards the deep end yeah. and, and get you ready. And then when we get to the deep end, like you're going to be on your own at that point, but I've walked you all the way there. You know what you're doing. You've got this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love that. Being intentional about reaching other people. It, it just comes to mind for me. Like, yeah, what are some of the things that we can be intentional around in our own formation and the formation of those around us that we, that we lead or that are in our group or at our parish or in our ministry or business, or whatever. And a few things that come to mind for me, um, as we've touched on earlier, like read really good books. My, my men's group goes back and forth between a, a leadership book and a spiritual book. Right now we're reading uh, Be Healed by Dr. Bob Schutz, who does a podcast with Jay Kim, who I know is connected here in um, Vancouver, and his wife Heather's been a guest here on the podcast in the past. So we read great books, but we don't let the content get in the way of our discussion. We say, how does this impact my life? What's going on in my heart as I read these things? And it's been, we've read Seven Habits, which uh, the three of us read years ago in our time with, with CCO. So there's such good uh, human and spiritual formation books out there to read good books is really important. And then the second one I would say is, is read with a group for the reasons we said earlier, the accountability of having people to talk with it to, to about it, to have a time that you have to, a deadline to be able to read it and get into it. That's like really important. Um, and the other thing that comes to mind in like what you just said, Michael, is like getting a, a mentor, getting someone to journey with you through this kind of thing, maybe a spiritual director or a, a friend who's a couple steps ahead of you, maybe in the spiritual life or in, in leadership to have someone that you can bounce these ideas off of and check in with occasionally just to, to have a gut check of how I'm, I'm doing. And then, and then leading someone else, as you just mentioned, who might we be able to lead in a CCO faith study? in uh, a potential leader through alpha or some of that we're looking for to, to mentor ourselves because um, that's another level of, of deepening our formation is actually through leading other people in, this, in the very things that we're struggling with and, and growing in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let's take the last few minutes for our episode to talk a, a bit of um, some formative experiences in the domain of missionary work. So. Um, could you share just a few experiences that you can recall that were, um, that were impactful, that helped you with missionary work? Sure. Like in the, in the early, uh, days of my leadership, I feel like I was kind of thrown in the deep end a little bit through a a few, um, situations. I find myself uh, leading the, uh, the missionary team uh, on campus and uh, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. <laughs> I don't have a clue what I'm doing right now. Um, but I, I had uh, someone you've had on the podcast in the past, Brett Powell. He was my supervisor at the time. But he was able to share with me um, a lot of uh, wisdom from his own leadership experience. But yeah, some of the things we've talked about today has really come to the fore. Like uh, Brett offered me great books, even on leading a meeting. Like I don't know how the heck to lead a, a meeting. Um, but how to lead a meeting and he mentored me through that. I had um, peers that I got to discuss the kind of dynamics and leadership with, with, uh, with them and learn from their wisdom and apply it to myself. I had a situation that actually needed to be formed. Uh, so I was applying it real time all the time. Um, and I had a great 
a great uh, team, uh, uh, a partner in, in mission uh, at the time. So that was for me so formative because those things were, were present. And you don't have to like serve on a missionary team to have all those, situ- those, uh, those challenges and, and uh, realities present. But for me, that was a context where I thought, man, it was this huge growth, really stretching, often painful, but, uh, but so formative in, in my missionary discipleship. Mm-hmm. How about you, Michael? It's, it's funny because all three of us can easily point to Brett as being one of the guys that formed us in our early days. I mean, I've had the privilege of being formed by some really great leaders with Andre Renier, Jeff Locker. It's like, um, that's, oh, yeah. yeah, it's been a privilege to have those guys be able to speak into and be my direct supervisors and so speak into things. But I remember probably one of the most formative moments. I think I was in my third year as a missionary and I was sharing. You guys might have been there, too. I mean, it's hard to remember where everybody was. Like, um, we were gathered together as as uh, just young leaders. We were sitting actually at a white spot restaurant like out in Coquitlam. And uh, and I was just sharing with the other guys. We were all the team leaders of the various campus missionary teams and just saying well just like you just said eric like i don't know what i have to give to the guys i'm i'm ministering to like i don't i don't i don't know what i have to i have a program i can run but i don't think i've got much to give and just having it was was brett who did it but it was just speaking and saying no no you you have something because the lord has called you to this mission and so he wants to do something through you and you have to Mm. trust that even if you don't feel like you've got what it takes that the Lord can make up the gap there and that the Lord wants to do something through you. And just hearing that changed my whole perspective uh, because I, I was relying on myself and just thinking like, well, I'm just a young kid. I don't have anything to give these. And that, that wasn't wrong. <laughs> like I didn't have a lot <laughs> to give in myself, hmm. but the Lord wanted to do something. And so I had to, to then turn to him and say, okay, Lord, what do you want to do through me? And this is really, this is about you and not about what I have to give. And that, yeah, that, that changed my whole paradigm of how I went back to campus. And I felt so much more successful that year, um, just in meeting one-on-one with, with guys on campus, just because my disposition changed. And it was now no, no longer, what can Michael say to them? It was like, no, what is the Holy Spirit doing in this moment? And, and how do I react and how do I respond to that? Yeah, amen, mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. said. The experience that uh, that comes to mind for me is under the 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 banner of prayer and how it was expected uh, that uh, in order to have a fruitful missionary, um, I guess, life or a fruitful missionary endeavor, you have to be like so committed to daily prayer. And uh, it had a couple of, I guess, elements of, of formation that we've talked about one. Uh, we were given the book, The Soul of the Apostolate, and it just knocked me off my feet. Like, wow, like in order to have like a fruitful apostolate, you have to be so committed to prayer. And and if you aren't, then there's no point. There's no point in even like trying to serve uh, because prayer is is the source of, of your apostolate. And then I think uh, in addition to that, having good mentors teach me how to pray um, teach me mental prayer, Lectio Divina, but, but also teach me how to pray, not just for people, but with people. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's something that is a necessary skill uh, for a missionary disciple is to, to know how to pray with people and being able to see it modeled um, from others and then to be given the opportunity to pray out loud 
with someone and and be in a I guess a safe place where someone is mentoring me and and teaching me how to do that I think was was very uh, very formative and then now being able to do it for others is is again still formative for me but but the prayer the the, the teaching and the formation around prayer uh, starting with that book the soul of the apostolate and then like and then having people walk with me and like seeing other um, other mentors and their Bibles being marked up yes. and like tattered mm-hmm. and torn was I remember thinking oh right it's not the Bible's not supposed to be a confirmation gift that I keep pristine on my shelf <laughs> it's <laughs> it's actually something that should be in my hand and used every day to to let the Word of God feed me so I remember I was oh, at man. a conference once and I. I I don't remember. It was either Jeff Cavins or Scott Hahn. It was one of those two big shots um, who gave this talk. They both spoke at that conference. I can never remember which one did this. Um, but he said that he would, every few years or so, he, he would mark up. You know, he just spent so much time in his Bible, and he would mark it up, and it would be tattered and, and you know beaten up and you know being in his bag and traveling with him and all the markings, all the notes and that. And then every few years, he would retire that Bible and give it to one of his children and say, this is a testament of what the Lord has been doing in your father's life. And I remember hearing that and just going, wow, Whoa. what a be- what a beautiful thing to be able to pass on to your children hmm. um, because you spend so much time in the word and that's what you want for your kids as well. And I think, you know, there'd be a whole other element of like, for me, so much of, of what I do in my mission also informs then how I parent, how I, like in what I've tried to pass on to my kids. Um, and that, that always has stood out to me as just such a beautiful witness. Hmm. Very good. Maybe we'll leave it there. Uh, and to all of our Proclaim listeners, I hope that this was an encouraging episode. Uh, if you're looking for additional resources and ways to continue your missionary formation, this is what Proclaim is here to do. Not only to provide resources, books, articles, podcasts, but to come alongside you, to Uh, to be a mentor and a coach and a peer and a colleague to teach you the skills of evangelization and to teach you a way to live out your missionary discipleship. So thanks for listening to the podcast. You can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to, um, wherever you get podcasts. and, And there's an opportunity there to share that with others. So if this has blessed you, I invite you to rate it and to share it with others. So thanks, Michael. Thanks, Eric. Thanks so much for taking the time to be on with me. And God bless you. Good to be with you. Good to be with you.